Why are you staring at me like that? I got a question to ask you. All right, go ahead. Why did the chicken cross the road? <sighs> I know this is gonna shock you, but that is actually a very old joke, but I will humor you. Uh, to get to the other side. Nope, not to get to the other side. Nope, the chicken crossed the road to go see stupid. <laughs> I think you've sunk to a new low. That's not funny at all. All right, well, how about this one? Knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? It's the chicken. <laughs> Touche. Hi, I'm Randall Sims, and this is my podcast. Jesus, the Christ, at the cross of Calvary, purchased eternal life for you and for me. Life more abundant. That life has already begun, so why wait until the afterlife to live that life to the fullest? Welcome to the most impatient Christian podcast in the entire world. This is Christ Life Now. And Lazarus came forth, still bound in grave clothes. He came from the tomb and was restored to life. Restored to full life, no disease, no, no trouble, just restored to life. I want to take you to what happened just before that. I want to take you to the four days preceding the resurrection of Lazarus. And we're talking about those things that God has brought you through, or better yet, those things that God is going to bring you through. And how did we get up to that point of restoration? There are many voices in the wind, and we're going to explore some of the voices that Jesus heard during those four days that tried to detour him from going and raising Lazarus from the dead. In John chapter 11, it says, Now a man was sick from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus, the one who was sick. So the sister sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love, the one that you have a special friendship with, Lazarus is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, the sickness will not end in death, but it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through this. Now, Jesus, he loved Martha. Jesus, you know, we, we know Jesus loved everyone, but Jesus had a special friendship. They, they were his inner circle kind of people. It said Jesus loved Martha, her sister Mary, and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, you would have thought that he left immediately. Let me get there. What did he do? He stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that, he said to his disciples, Let's go to Judea again. Rabbi, or teacher, the disciples told him. Just now, a few days ago, we were there in Judea, and the Jews, you remember what happened? They tried to stone you. John 11 and 8 says, Rabbi, the disciples told him, just now the Jews tried to stone you, and you're talking about going there again? The first voice that I want to talk about is the voice of past negative experience. Now, they had a valid point, didn't they? This answer that was in the wind... Wait a minute, Jesus, I know your friend is sick. I know Lazarus. I mean, we all like Lazarus. Mary and Martha, his sisters, they're, they're terrific people. And I feel your pain here. I mean, I'd like to do something myself. But Judea, really? We were just there. They literally tried to stone you. Y'all know what stoning is? It's throwing stones at someone until they die. Remember that past bad experience we had there, Jesus? I don't think we ought to go back there again because there's a very good possibility that that's going to happen. We tried that already. We were there. It didn't turn out well. Have y'all experienced that? How about at your workplace? Remember that? I, I bet you if you've worked in the public for any period of time, you've had an idea, right? You said, you know what we could do? 
we could try to do to accomplish this certain task in this way i've got an idea and then one of your coworkers says well actually we've tried that before and it didn't work have you ever heard that y'all that happens a lot in church somebody would get a great idea you know what let's try doing this thing to reach people let's try this activity for the youth let's try this kind of worship and that voice of past negativity says well we tried that before and it didn't work so what do you do you fail right because you don't try it again if you know what you're doing and you know that your inspiration is from God you go ahead and you do it anyway you go forward with what God has given you the ability and the anointing to do they will tell you you don't have the power to do it you don't have the anointing you don't have the money money's a big one you don't have enough people to do that you can't reach your community for Jesus we tried that before <laughs> it didn't work they stayed lost well, what did you try before well, we all came to the church and prayed and talked about how we were going to reach our community. And then what happened? Then we went home. Well, that might be why it didn't work. Because faith without works, it's dead. The voice of past experience will ruin every plan that you ever thought about having if you yield to it. Don't let that answer that's blowing in the wind, that voice that's happening, keep you from doing what God has called and empowered and anointed you to do. In your family, when you say, we really are going to get on a budget and we are going to manage the money, the resources that God gave us this year, and we're going to be good stewards, we are going to do what we're supposed to do. We're going to be wise. And then your spouse or your whoever's helping you manage your money says, well, you know, we tried that before and it didn't work. So let's continue eating out. 13 meals a week. Getting personal here. Let's not even worry about trying that again. And I've been guilty of that too. Diane will say, let's talk about money. And I'll be like, there's nothing to talk about. What money? <laughs> there's no point in talking about it. If there's not any money to talk about. What has God called you to do? What ideas has God given you? What inspiration has God put in your heart? Think about that for a minute. And then think about why you haven't done it before. Or why you haven't already started the process. Why you already haven't already gotten on the road to what God has planned for you. And sometimes, just sometimes, there are things that we have had our hands on. We have physically touched. We have been right there in the presence of what God wants us to have. And then for some reason, it was just snatched away from us. We felt like we were on the verge of just breaking through, breaking through in revival at church, taking the community by storm, having a life and a home where everything was just going perfectly. All the kids were well behaved and fed and clothed and even got a bath once or twice a week and everything was just outstanding. Then suddenly we lost it. I don't mean us, me personally, but just in general. Can any of you relate to that? It seemed like you were just getting to where you were supposed to be in your career, in your job. And then COVID hit, or then a depression hit, or then you got fired because you looked at somebody the wrong way, or you thought you had a better idea. It turns out it was a worse idea, and you quit your job, and you think it's lost forever. It's not lost forever. Not if God intended for you to have it. You just need to get back on the road to your restoration. We serve a resurrecting, restoring God, don't we? You think about Lazarus, you think about the young girl that Jesus raised from the dead, the sight that people had that was lost to them, the physical sight, and Jesus restored it. He healed deaf ears, he caused the lame to walk. Here's my point, we serve a God of restoration. He even orchestrated his own restoration slash resurrection. Three days after he was crucified on the cross, he rose from the dead. As the hands and feet of Christ, we are to be restorers. Don't you agree? 
That is what we should be doing on a daily basis, restoring people. Don't start talking about all the things that you've lost unless you're ready to get back on the road to restoring them. Don't mention the loss unless you're ready to have it given back to you. Some of you feel that you have had a ministry or that you've been very close to breaking through in a certain calling that God has for you, and then it seems like it fell through. People lost interest, or maybe you just didn't have the time for it anymore. Things happened in your life. I'm here this morning to tell you that just because it didn't work, just because there's a voice in your ear saying, well, you tried that before. Remember, you did that back in 98. You did that back in 2015, and it didn't work. Don't listen to that. Listen to the one that says, like he, like he said about Lazarus, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life. Though he were dead, he said, yet shall he live. Take that this morning. Grab it and apply it to your vision. Apply it to what God has given you that the enemy has tried to take away. We're going to the enemy's camp and we're taking back what he stole from us. We're on the road to resurrection, the road to restoration. Jesus said, aren't there 12 hours a day? If we walk in the light, we won't stumble. I'm paraphrasing. If we walk in the darkness, we might stumble. If we walk in the light, we, we won't stumble. If anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. He said this and then he told his disciples, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. The disciples said back to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will get well. That's another voice. That's the voice of obliviousness. Yes, that's the right use of that word. I looked it up to make sure. It's a real word, obliviousness. Jesus, however, was speaking about Lazarus's death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus then told them plainly, it's like, I've tried to say it in a nice way. I've tried to say it in a way that would get you the message without being too harsh. But now I'm just going to tell you plainly, Lazarus has died, y'all. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Well, Lazarus is, is sleeping. He was talking of the, of the sleep that we all will experience if when we go to the grave. But now Jesus just had to finally say, look, y'all are trying to talk me out of this. I'm trying to tell you plainly. It's right there in front of you. Why do you think we're going? Do you think that I'm going to go back and face being stoned when my friend is just asleep? They said, Lord, if he's asleep, he will get better. Totally oblivious. Do you know anybody who's ever tried to speak obliviousness to you? When you say, we're going to accomplish this for the Lord this year. We are going to get into prayer, Bible reading. We're going to do some fasting. We are going to accomplish some things. And they look at you and go, oh yeah, at our church, we just built a new gym. That's wonderful. That's terrific. My friend, you are completely oblivious. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with having a gym. That's great. One day we'll have one, Lord willing. But saw a perfect example on Facebook yesterday. You know how in California, especially, they've been forbidding churches to meet to a large degree because of COVID. I saw yesterday something that I almost liked, and then I, I took back my like. Because you can take those back, too, when you make a mistake. You know that? It said, government allows churches to meet indoors again in California. And I thought, isn't that wonderful? Then I realized I was being oblivious because the key word there is allows. Wait a minute. Since when do we start getting excited when the government allows us separation of church and state to meet? I was being oblivious. Oblivion will speak to you and will come to you when you are trying to accomplish something outstanding, especially something unique, something very beneficial in your ministry or in your life. 
the voice of those, it usually comes from peers, the voice of those around you, now they're not necessarily saying you tried that before, like the voice of past failure, but the voice of oblivion will make you feel like, well, okay, good, but what's the big deal? I'm totally oblivious to that need. The voice of oblivion, when you say, I woke up this morning feeling great. My shoulder that has been giving me pain for six months is not hurting anymore. And the voice of oblivion, who doesn't know about my testimony, that I was healed, it says, well, good, my shoulders feel great every day. I mean, I'm happy for you. Completely oblivious. They often suffer from not paying attention. Those who speak with the voice of oblivion often suffer from just not truly being aware of what is going on in the world around them. It can be very discouraging when you know that God has called you and directed you and has a plan for you and you try to share it because we all want someone to share with, don't we? Whether it's a, a spouse, a friend, a, someone online. I was reading yesterday about a guy in uh, North Korea who gets hired out by the hour to do nothing. I thought, well, this has got to be some kind of joke. I clicked on it. It was a video, and he actually gets paid by people just to kind of hang out with them. They're lonely, and they pay him good money just to do mundane stuff. He doesn't have any particular skills, he says. He's just there. 37 years old, able-bodied, and that's how he makes his living. Hire him to do nothing. But it's these people that we want around us, that we have around us, that we share with who can speak that voice of oblivion to us and make us think that, well, okay, that's a good idea, but also, what's on TV? That really sounds like you've got a plan there. To, you know, I'm hungry. You want to go have lunch? God is showing you something new. He's put it in your spirit. Your desire is the confirmation that the destination is there. God wouldn't put it in your spirit if it wasn't going anywhere. You've set your sight on the promises and you don't even feel scared to quote the song. But then out comes that voice of, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, what are you doing later today? The voice of oblivion. It can be very discouraging. We have to be aware of it because God has a resurrection and a restoration in store for us. Moving on with our scripture when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem. It was about two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary remained seated in the house. So Martha is talking to Jesus, and she said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. So he's comforting Mary and the loss of her brother. She had already acknowledged, Lord, if you'd been here, he would not have died. And Jesus said, don't, don't worry, don't stress. Your brother will rise again. I want to talk to you now about the voice of hopeful passivity. Martha said, yes, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Well, all believers are going to rise again at the resurrection on the last day, right? She was hopeful. She acknowledged the positive thing that was happening. But she didn't see any need to do anything about it, to believe any further. Yes, it's going to happen. I know. That's wonderful, isn't it? But my brother's dead. If only you had been here. If only you would do something now. Don't you become passive sometimes when you know that something needs to happen? And sometimes doesn't a voice try to tell you, someone around you try to tell you, like, yes, things are going to work out. That's the key speech of the voice of passivity. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. God is still in control. Y'all, I preached a sermon about that, put it on YouTube, and got some thumbs down when I said God is not in control. That is a myth. You know that? I'm going to say it again, and you can dislike it all you want. God is not in control. He is sovereign, yes. He is sovereign, but he is not in control. Who's in control right now? We're in control. We make our decisions because God has given us free will. 
Yes, God is all-powerful. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why does God allow this to happen? Because we have free will. And in the Garden of Eden, we gave away control. God gave control to man, to Adam and Eve. Man gave control to the enemy. We ate from the bad tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We became accountable for our sins. But this voice of, of hopeful passivity, it's not negative, it's positive, but it's a little bit wrongfully positive. It's passive. It doesn't want to actually have to do anything to get to the results that it believes are going to happen. Once again, I tell you that faith without works is dead. I could stand here today and tell you, we're going to have a revival, church. We're going to see people one to the Lord. We're going to see lives changed and people healed. And a lot of you would say, amen, it's going to happen. I feel it. I know it. It's going to happen. And never go home and pray about it. Probably not even bother to attend. Not be willing to get out and go and actually tell somebody about it. Won't do as much as share it on social media. <laughs> They're hopeful. They have faith. But there's no works involved in the faith. You can say, I believe that I'm going to get out of debt this year. I believe that I am going to become financially responsible this year. And you can have that person who's in your life who does the encouraging for you say, yeah, man, that's going to be awesome. You're going to do it. I believe you're going to do it. You know what I was thinking? We need a hot tub. You know what I was thinking? That my car isn't quite working like it should. I think that I need a new truck. The Lord has put it in my spirit that I should get a new truck this year. <laughs> It's that voice of hopeful, yes, it's going to happen. Now let's do everything that we can to not contribute to that end result. The restoration is on its way, but it won't happen. House isn't going to get built unless you pick up a hammer. You can believe for a new house, but you or someone that you pay has got to pick up a hammer at some point to start putting all the pieces of the house together. Don't listen to the voice of hopeful passivity. Are you taking notes this morning? You need to write this down. This is good. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, ever. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she said. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who comes into the world. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here, the rabbi is here, and, and he's calling for you. So as soon as she heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha and he had been talking. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw that Mary got up quickly and went out. So they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, her sister had already said the same thing to Jesus, and a little bit better, she followed up with, Lord, even I know now that if you say it, that it will happen, that our brother will be restored to life. It's what she was trying to get across. But that's another voice that you have to be aware of, is the voice of regret. Well, that would have worked out if only this had happened. Lord, if only you had been here, our brother would not have died. See, there wasn't a lot of hope in this sister that the restoration was going to happen. At least at this point, she was not expressing it. Instead, she was speaking with a voice of regret. That's a very big one. That's a very, uh, unfortunately, a very powerful one in our lives on our road to success, on our road to restoration is, you know, I would have had a happy family if only I could have stopped committing adultery. I would have had a happy family if only I hadn't abused my wife or I would have been very successful, if only I hadn't been too lazy to work, of regret. 
The voice of regret tries to keep you from getting to the next step in your journey. The voice of regret tries to say, that was a good idea, but we didn't know about it then, so it didn't happen. And now, I guess it's just too late. I regret it, but it's too late. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was angry and in his spirit deeply moved. Where have you put him? He asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. And then the shortest scripture in the Bible, it says Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how Jesus loved Lazarus. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, angry in himself again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, he's already decaying. It's been four days. That's the next voice I want to touch on is the voice of factuality. This is one of those helpy, helpy voices that wants to tell you the facts. Yes, it had been four days, fact. Yes, he stinks by now, fact. You know those facts? Yes, they're dead. Yes, this failed. Yes, it's unlikely that we will get those kind of resources anytime soon. Those are facts. Yes, the church used to run 300 people and now it runs 15 on a good day. Those are facts. The facts will kill you, they will discourage you, and they will cause you not to get on the road to success. You think, well, the facts are the facts. How can we avoid those? I'm not telling you to avoid the facts. It's good to know the facts, but we need to understand that there's a voice between the facts and the truth. You think those are the same thing, but they're not. The fact is, maybe, maybe your fact is that you've been diagnosed with, with terminal cancer. But the truth is, we serve a God who is able and capable to heal your body. The fact says, I don't have enough money to pay my light bill this week. The truth says, my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And if he wants me to get that bill paid, then he'll sell a cow or two. It's going to happen. I'm going to pick up the hammer and we're going to let it happen together. The facts and the truth can be two very different things. Do you see what I'm saying? We speak truth over ourselves. We know that there is power in our word and the words that we speak. So we need to go about speaking the truth that we believe God has destined us to have. Don't just worry about speaking the facts. Facts say our attendance in 2020 went to about a third of what it was at this church. Isn't that discouraging? It really is. The truth says I believe that God has given us this ministry and God, what God has ordained and what God has intended will not fail. See, I'm speaking forward the truth of what God has shown us is the plan, not just the fact that things aren't going as well as we thought they would. It can work both ways. The facts can sometimes even be positive and cause you to become lethargic and think that, well, I don't really need to do anything. Everything's going great. You continue speaking the truth, whether the facts are positive or they're negative. Beware the voice of factuality. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe you sent me. Then in John chapter 11 and 43, I made it to the last voice I want to talk to you about. In fact, I already touched on it. It is that voice of truth. See, the fact was that Lazarus was dead. The fact was, again, that he stinketh. 
But Jesus wasn't talking about facts. Jesus spoke the truth. After he had said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. The dead man came out, bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Now what if Jesus had just stuck to the facts? What if we just stuck to the facts this morning? We could all go home, never come back to church. We could all give up on the plan and the dreams that God has given us. We could all stop trying to accomplish what he has put us on this earth to accomplish. If we looked at the facts, the media is good about giving us facts. Ish. Their version of the facts. Anyway, we don't disregard the facts. It's okay to be aware of the facts, but we don't speak the facts. We speak the truth. We don't deny. We don't say, no, Lazarus is not dead. We don't say that because that's just, that's just a lie, right? We know Lazarus is dead. We can tell because Lazarus stinketh, right? We can tell when the situation has stopped existing, has stopped breathing, right? When that thing that we were working on, when that, that ministry that we were trying to plant has ceased to breathe, when that relationship that we put so much into and invested so much into, when, it is, when, when the respiratory system has stopped, when there's no longer any heart in it, we can tell when it's dead. And then if we keep trying it too long, we even get to a point where we can know that it stinketh, right? It's not just there's no life. It's this, oh, I'm just thoroughly disgusted. I can't even be involved in this anymore. It stinketh. It is not a good thing. I do not want to be around it. Let's get out of this situation. Those are the facts. But here's the truth. It was a vision that came from God. Your restoration is at hand. You may not realize it, but if you choose right now, here today, to be on the road to receiving the things that the enemy has taken from you, then you're on the path. Just knowing that the path exists is the first step. Amen? Are y'all hearing me this morning? Just knowing that the path exists, that there is a restoration ahead of you, is the first step. And then... We stop listening to these six voices and we start listening to the seventh voice and we start speaking. That's when success really starts to happen. We don't just hear it, but we start speaking with that seventh voice, the voice of truth. And we say, Lazarus, come forth. We say, broken home, be restored. We say, finances, be fixed. I'm a good steward. We say, church, be filled with worshipers. That's the truth. We haven't seen it factually, but we know that God put us here to spread his word, didn't he? We know that he didn't just put us here together every Sunday morning and, and do what we do, but he put us here to make a difference, didn't he? Being his hands and being his feet. Your restoration, I would say it draweth nigh, but truly, if you're on the path, you draweth nigh. Your restoration, you're on the way to it. Just be careful what voices you listen to. We stand. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope that it's given you some motivation. Hey, go ahead and share it with a friend. For that matter, share it with an enemy. Just get the word out there. We want to reach as many people as possible. Also, thank you for your financial support. If you are not already a financial supporter, please prayerfully consider becoming one. Our Cash App, PayPal, and mailing address are located in the description below. Until next time, have an awesome day and live your Christ life now.
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.